0: Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. You guys have your Wheaties and your coffee? You're all ready? Yeah? All right. Well, good. Well, hey, I just want to take a, just a personal moment, and I want to celebrate someone that's very, very helpful to me. Uh, Her name is Jen Mazingo over here. If you don't know Jen, she's my assistant, and uh, she's been my assistant for a really long time. I mean, and, and that's, I mean, that's impressive in and of itself to work for me. Um, but Jen is having a baby in a couple of days. Come on. Woo! And, um, and she also is having a birthday. And this is all happening on your birthday. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, and Jen usually likes to celebrate her birthday for a month. Like she doesn't like a day. She likes a month. And, uh, uh, but she's going to be up to her ears in babies pretty soon. And uh, But I I just thought we would, one, I wanted to just say thank you for everything that you do. Um, You're a huge help to me. And uh, I think some of you even know that I probably wouldn't be able to do things the way that I do things without her help. And uh, she's always around. And I'm like, Jen, I need your help. and uh, But it's such a joy to have her um, a part of the church and for so long being my assistant. So thank you all that you do. Um, I want to pray just over her and her family just really quick as well. God, we thank you um, just for your hand upon the Mazingos. Lord, we believe in faith that you continue to show yourself faithful and you bless them in so many ways. Lord, we're excited for this new little one. We pray, God, that, that, that everything would go exactly how it's supposed to go. We believe in faith that you are protecting, that you're healing. And that we're so excited to meet little Mazingo. Uh, we pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I've been talking about this for uh, several weeks now about the freedom experience that's happening this uh, this uh, this soon. <laughs> it's happening this soon. Uh, matter of fact, it's happening October 5th. That's when we're going to start. Some of the dates got a little mixed up, so just know it's October 5th. We're starting that. But if you haven't signed up for it, I want to encourage you to do so. Uh, it, it, it's going to be, I think, in a really important time for our church. And and uh, it basically is on Wednesday nights from six to eight. We're gathering all together. Uh, we'll have adults. Uh, we'll have things for teenagers. We'll also have things for the youngins as well. And, and so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up for that, please do. And and one of the things I've heard recently is, well, Pastor, I've already done freedom, right? Like, I get it. I, I know. Uh, two questions I have. Have you done this freedom? No. <laughs> and then the other one is, are you free? That's the other question I have. I'd love for you to think about those two things as you consider signing up, because I believe that this particular uh, freedom experience is going to be just super helpful to all of us. And so encourage you to do that, Okay. All right. Everybody hear me? We're good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Last thing on the screen, you'll see a number uh, and we're starting that this week. And then we'll keep showing that over the next few weeks as we get to the fourth week of this series. Uh, But that number is there for you to text any questions that you might be having about healing about anything that maybe we've mentioned, things you've struggled with, things that you've thought about, things that you know what I'm getting at. And so if you would love, if you would just uh, send your questions to that number, we are gonna catalog those things. And on the fourth week of this series, uh, which will will be basically October 3rd, I believe, uh, I'll be there and a buddy of mine who's a pastor um, will be there and we are going to do our best to try and answer some of these questions. And so we'd love for you to participate. So go ahead and just start sending your questions into that as as we continue to go through this series, because healing is one of those things that I get a lot of questions about, you know, over the years of pastoring. And so now's your time, right? Just go ahead and send those. And we would love to answer as many of them as we possibly can. Okay, All right. God thank you for this moment. Lord, we ask that as we open your word, as we dive a little deeper, that you'd speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we are continuing this series that we're in called God Wants to Heal You. Uh, And if you missed last week, you can always go back and listen to that. And I I would encourage you to do so because it really sets the tone for everything else that we're going to be doing. But I will catch you up to speed so that you're not lost. Okay? Uh, there's this metaphor that Oral Roberts had when he talked about sickness that I find really, really helpful. When he talked about sickness, he called it disharmony. Now think about that for a second, disharmony. Have you ever been in an environment where someone was singing off key or maybe they weren't in harmony with the rest of the band, right? Maybe you've experienced that and usually you're kind of like, Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't say that. I mean, you're like, but that's what you're thinking. You're like, oh, oh, that's really bad, right? Because, because you notice something's off. They're not in the pocket. Something's, you know, they're in a different key, or that person's singing the the, the this uh, the I don't know lyrics. The melody, yes, melody, <laughs> harmony, melody, harmony, and then maybe someone switch, and it just gets, it just can become a big old mess sometimes. And so you know what that sounds like. And and, and and what Oral Roberts was trying to get us to see with this idea of harmony or disharmony is that God created things. He created you. He created all things, matter of fact. And, and, and in doing so, the Bible says that he created you good. Matter of fact, he created you whole. And so, so what, what he's trying to get at is that in life, We experience disharmony. We experience all kinds of disharmony. And what he was saying is that he wanted us to see specifically that sickness, sickness, disease, was a disharmony with God's created order. And it was so important to him that that he would teach this everywhere he would go, all over the country, all over the world, healing people. He would speak about sickness as being Now, here's the reality, whether you know it or not. We're all sick. We're all in need of healing. Now, you may not believe that about yourself. You may be like, well, who are you calling sick? But the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of God's glory. All of us have fallen short. All of us are not measuring up. All of us are out of sync or there's a disharmony in our lives when it comes to being fully synced up with God. And so so what I'm trying to get at in this series is to try and shake loose some things that we would believe again that God wants to heal us, which in essence means he wants to bring us back into harmony, get us synced up again with what his plan and his purpose really is. See, we're all sick in some way and we need healing. And whatever, wherever there's a need, God wants to meet that need. I don't know if you believe that. Now, now I didn't say wherever there's a desire, wherever there's a want. I said wherever there's a need. So you can see wherever there's a need, I, I believe God wants to meet our needs. Matter of fact, I don't just come up with that like I didn't pull it out of some Cracker Jack box. It's right out of the word. Philippians chapter four, verse 19. Listen to this. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, what does that say again? It's supply all of your needs, all of your needs. Now, I'm not a very smart man. But the Bible says God wants to supply all of your needs. It's not, it doesn't say some, it says all. And so if, if that's what the word says, and, and matter of fact, it, it is in connection to his riches. Do you, you get this. In other words, God has plenty of riches. God's doing just fine. And the Bible says that at the level of his riches and glory, he wants to supply all of our needs. I believe that. I hope you believe that. But it's so important that we get this idea, because what will happen is if we don't understand that the Lord not only wants to heal us, but he wants to supply our needs, that he actually cares. What can happen is we might just start to believe that he doesn't that he's not moving, that he's not active in our lives and in our world, that that maybe just maybe what the Bible teaches just really isn't true. I don't know about you, but I think that's a problem. Matter of fact, I believe that all healing is from God, all healing, all healing comes from God. And I believe that God wants to heal you. I think that's what the Bible teaches. And I think this is the part I'm trying to get our church to grab hold of again. And so I just simply ask you the question, do you believe that God wants to heal you? Do you believe it? Now, I don't know where you end up when I ask that question, but what I'm asking you to do is move closer to God rather than away from Him in your belief. Whatever that looks like for you, Maybe you're at 100%. You know, I fully believe I'm all in. Maybe you're at 99.9%. Maybe you're at 50%. Maybe you're all the way over here on the 20% side. What I'm asking you to do is to put down your percentages and believe in the God that said he can. The God that says I can. The God that says that he wants to supply our needs. the, The God that says that he wants to heal you. Could you believe that? And then here's the other question I've been kind of hoping that all of you would grab hold of, is that are you releasing this idea into the world? In other words, the Bible says freely you have received, and now it's time for you to now freely give. And that's in the context of healing people. It's not in the context of giving your cash. It's in the context of seeing demons cast out, people healed. All of those things happen that Jesus was doing, that he empowered his disciples to do. All of that. All of that. And so, so what I'm saying is, not only do I want you to believe, but I want you to pass it on to everybody that you encounter. And so here's a question for you. And, and this is where we get accountable, right? Isn't this fun? It's so good. If you were here last week, did you pray for anybody to be healed this past week? And if you didn't, maybe you should have. <laughs> maybe there was somebody out there. It was like a coworker's, like, oh, I got such a headache, Right? It could have been that, just a simple thing. Maybe maybe it was the lady, some person as you go through the grocery store and they're telling you how bad their life is. And you just said, you know what, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And see, see what I'm getting at? It's one thing to know all the right things. It's one thing to sit here and listen to the truth and maybe even afterwards say, pastor, that was a good message. Some of you that didn't like it, you were like, you don't say anything, I get it. But, but, but is it enough to just know the right things? No. The Bible's interested in not just us knowing things, but actually practicing them. And so when we talk about healing, and we talk about that God invites us into that, that's what we're getting at. And so my heart for us through this whole series is that we would believe again that God can heal, and that we would make sure we release that into the world so that more and more people would come to faith in Jesus Christ that's my heart. I hope that is your heart. I hope you grab hold of that. But today, rather than just talking about what I've talked about, I want to talk about something very specific. I want to talk about dominating disharmony. Everybody say dominating. dominating. Now say it like you mean it. Dominating, right? You got to I mean you that's a word you got to say, right? Because see dominate, if you, you know, you probably got a definition of this in your head, but dominate means to control. To govern, to rule by superior authority or power. I like that. Right? But you can't say that, like, I'm gonna dominate you. (laughs) Like, right? That doesn't work. I mean, you gotta show up with that word. You gotta be like, I will dominate right now. Like you gotta. See, 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 and this is this is the point we have to believe at such a level that God wants to heal and God wants to do that in people's lives that when we come face to face with sickness, we don't go, God, we just wish you were, here. no, we say, dominate, <laughs> the, the person's like, whoa, what just happened? Now you don't have to do it like that, it's okay, it's okay. But I'm just saying that, that there's an authority that we have that the Bible says we can stand in. Like, and, and does that make sense? And so so when you think of dominate, I don't know what the word comes, you know what I think of? I think of this last week when the Cardinals were playing the Mets. That's what I think of. I mean, we beat them three times in a row at their house. It was like, boom, dominate, dominate, dominate. And then we're playing the Padres right now, we just beat them twice, and we might beat them today. And if we do, I'll stand up and say, dominated. But you get it. You understand what that means. Imagine applying that to the disharmony. Imagine applying that to sickness or disease or things that are out of God's created order. Imagine that we just grab hold and believe again that that's exactly what God wants to do, that he's not absent. He's not not unaware. Maybe, just maybe, he's on the edge of his seat waiting for us to reach in faith. Maybe, just maybe, that's where we are. And so, so, so today, as we talk about dominating disharmony, it's so important that we understand that, that we have a part to play. That, 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 that when we think about healing and wholeness and deliverance, that there is a part that we play. And two things that we have to do is understand and apply these concepts that I'm about to share with you. Everybody say, understand. understand and apply. Yeah. Not just understand and do nothing with it. It's understand and apply because this is key to seeing these things come to pass. It's so important we get this. And the first thing, the first dominating disharmony principle is this. God unites all of life. God unites all of life. Now, you might be thinking, what does that mean? Well, let me show you what it means. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, listen to this. Your kingdom come. See, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and saying, when you pray, right? He's teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says to them, this is how you pray. And this is one of the parts of that. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you notice what's happening there? Do you notice that that Jesus is calling his disciples to bring heaven and earth together? Not that they would be separate, but that they actually would come together. And sometimes we've been taught things that are actually contrary to the word of God. Like we talk about heaven just being something that's out there in the sky somewhere. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about is up there somewhere. And, and the thing is, is that the Bible teaches that when Christ returns, he is bringing heaven to earth. He is creating a new heaven and a new earth. And so, in other words, those things are coming together. There's no separation between the secular and the sacred. All of these things, heaven and earth coming together. And so you see Jesus saying this. He's like, look, when you pray, pray that the kingdom of God comes in this place. Pray that, that these things come together, that heaven and earth come together. And, and, and because this is so important, it's through our faith in Jesus Christ that there's this marriage of heaven and earth that the spiritual and the secular come together. And this is what God is doing that He's bringing and restoring everything back to what some theologians call right. That it's all coming together again, exactly how God intended it. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a book that, that talks about this, that it, it, the title of the book is Returning to Eden. Do you understand? turning to eat in other words that that we're going back to something we're going back to how God created it and so Jesus coming into the world is about us going back to what already was the created order that he had from the very beginning is this making sense okay and so 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 God wants to unite all of life but the thing I've figured out about people is that we like to come on compartmentalize things don't we I mean, we like to have things in their compartments. And so this is over here, and this is over here, and this is over here, right? So we got work here, we got family here, we got play here, we got church here, and we got all of these different compartments. And sometimes what happens is they do overlap, and, and you know, and there is unity, but sometimes those things don't over- overlap, right? Because that's how you can get somebody who goes to church and then acts a fool at work. Because see, There's a lack of integration. God never intended us to be compartmentalized. Matter of fact, I would suggest to you today that the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament, would communicate very clearly that God's intended purpose was whole, complete. When God says, be perfect as I'm perfect, that word is complete. Be complete, be whole as I am. And so we have to understand that God's plan from the very beginning was to bring us together, to make sure that we were we were whole. That is what God wants. And so when the Bible says, be well or be healed, those words actually mean to be whole. To be whole. So good. Pastor, that's amazing. I love that. Right? That's what we were thinking, right? I'm sure. Well, Or Roberts tells this great story of this lady. She, she, she came to him one day and she said this. She said, I've always trusted in God to heal me, but of late, I've had to get medical help. <laughs> Am I wrong? And so she's asking, Oral, is it wrong for for me to do this? And, and this is what Oral says. He says, "Why don't you accept one as you do the other? And when you are helped by either or both, give God the praise. Like you see what I'm getting at. Like because we separate these things. And I, so listen, listen." He goes on to say this, whether healing comes through prayer or medical science, all healing is ultimately from God. So so whether you are in a doctor's office or in a prayer line waiting for the laying on of hands, look to God as the source of your healing. And so 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 what? What he's getting at is that we are not intended to compartmentalize. And I see that all over our world right now. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like like this whole argument around COVID and the pandemic and, and all that stuff, whether you get vaccinated or you don't, or whether you do this or you don't. Isn't it interesting that there's two groups of people? There's people who believe in science and there's people that are believers in Jesus. Well, that's messed up. All All truth is God's truth. And so whatever the scientists know, God helped them find it. And so my point is, is that there's no, we shouldn't be at odds. See, science is something that man does to understand the world and understand the things. But we have to get this. God is the one that is here integrating all of it because we're not supposed to be at odds with medical science. We're not just being like, ah, you guys are stupid. I never want to talk to you again. no. If if they found something that's helpful to humanity, or if it's good, right? Like it's a good thing. And I'm not debating the fact. I'm just simply saying that we have to understand that in our world right now, there's this great division. And I just want to say, let's just get out of the division. Let's just step back from the division for a second and say, you know what? God, God's into this and God's into that and God's into that. He is God into healing people. Yes. Okay. All right. And will that heal people? Okay, well, let's look at that. So do you see what I'm getting at? We have to be curious. We have to be a little bit more open minded about things because ultimately God says all of them can be helpful to us. Doesn't mean you have to do this. It doesn't mean, does that make sense? So so God wants to unite life, not separate it. He wants to bring it together. Okay, the second part. The second thing that we have to do in order to dominate disharmony is that we have to understand that Jesus sees you and me. He sees us as whole persons, not just with illness. (laughs) So when he looks at you, he doesn't say, wow, that guy's really sick. He, He looks at you and says, I see you as a whole person I see you as my son I see you as my daughter and he sees you through that lens now why is that important well here, here's an example I'll give it to you Jesus Jesus is 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 going about his work in ministry and here in John chapter 5 he, he comes up to this place called Bethsaida and there at Bethsaida is a pool And and it's really kind of an interesting story, and I'll kind of paraphrase some of it, but starting in verse 2, this pool was there, and at this pool, people would go into the pool, and they would be healed. Sick people, blind people, paralyzed people, all of them waiting for their healing, okay? And, and so what, what they believed was, is that there was an angel that would come and touch the water. And that when the angel would touch the water, it would create this ripple in the water. And the people that were fast enough to get into the water could get healed. And there was a man that was sitting by the pool that couldn't make it into the water before everybody else. So, so he was not receiving his healing. Get this. So, so so that's the story. And Jesus comes and there's this man. And the Bible says that he had an infirmity for 38 years. 38 years. I mean, last week we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. It was only 12 years. This guy had been suffering for 38 years. And, and watch this in verse 6. And I want you to see the language. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him. When Jesus saw him. So he's looking at him. He sees him. Says he saw him and he was laying there and he knew and he knew that he had already been in that condition for a really long time. And then the Bible says, he said, do you want to be made well? Now, if you've been sick for 38 years and someone shows up in your world and says, hey, do you want to be made well? What would you say? You see what I'm getting at? What would you say? Well, of course he wants to be made well. And so the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man or no person to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. So the water gets stirred up. He doesn't have anybody to bring him in. And then somebody else steps in front of him. And Jesus says this. I love this. Jesus said to him, rise and take up your bed and walk. See, Jesus didn't just look at sickness. He looked at a whole person. He looked at a person with potential. He looked at somebody that he could heal and help and make better. And the Bible says that he was made well. He was made whole again. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. Oh, I love this story. And I love the fact that Jesus didn't need a pool He didn't need a pool. He wasn't worried about the pool. He didn't even need the man to get to the pool. All he had to say was, I speak these words over you in authority. And I ask that I tell this disease or whatever it is to leave and you get up, you get up. And this man gets up. And I love that he just walks out. So good, isn't it? It's so good, Jesus touching this man. And so Jesus saw this man as a whole person and not just an illness, right? Jesus taught that if there's any part of us, any part of us that's ill, it affects the whole. Isn't that true? You know what I'm talking about. It's like when you get sick and how it affects everything else. And so what happens is we can't live in this compartmentalized way. God wants to bring all of these things in sync. God wants to bring all of these things in sync in our lives. And so we have to understand that everything is affected by the disharmony. And it's our job to begin to dominate this this disharmony by doing a few things. And here's the third thought. Number three, in order to dominate disharmony, Christ's gift Christ's gift of healing comes to you in proportion to the understanding that God is a good God. Let me say that again. Christ's gift of healing comes to you in proportion to your understanding that God is a good God. God is a good God. Do you believe that? I don't know if you believe that, but that's what the Bible teaches. So God is a good God, and I am charged with believing that. And and, and, and and what I'm saying is, is that in relationship to my belief in that idea, it directly affects whether or not I see certain things come to pass. Let me say it this way. If 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 we allow people and our thinking to influence our beliefs that God is good, We place ourselves outside of the position to grasp, listen, to grasp his gift of wholeness and healing. We remove the possibility of releasing our faith. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Let me see if I can break it down to you. Listen, listen, you have to get this. Pastor, are you saying that I have a part to play in people getting healed? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now now, 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 what happens in that is you hear that and you say, well, okay, so let me, let me do my computing. If, if that's true, then, then are you saying that this person might not get healed because I didn't do X, Y, or Z? Do you see how we get to that place? And we immediately go to that place. And I understand that place, but just pause that place for just a moment. Because we have to come back to what the Word teaches. The Word teaches that not only is God sovereign, able to do all things, able to do whatever He wants to do because He's God. In other words, He can heal people. Yes? Yes. One of my professors used to say in the beginning of, you know, the first few words of Genesis in the, in the Old Testament, it says, in the beginning God created. Yeah, You got that? In the beginning God created. And when He said, if you can believe that, you can believe everything else like if you can get to the place that you actually believe that there is a god who created you that created the world that created all things if you can believe that then everything else the bible says you can believe and so so my point is is that god is sovereign he created all things and of course he can heal anything and anyone this is true but the bible also teaches that we have a part to play it teaches human responsibility. It teaches faith. It teaches taking things and applying them in order for these things to come to pass. And so, so I'm not saying that God can or can't. The Bible says he can clearly. The question is, is, am I applying my faith to that reality? Am I using what God has given me to connect with that reality and that's why this is so complicated sometimes or hard for us to get a hold of is because what happens is we start to think, well, if I, if, uh, 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 p- uh. so I'm involved in this thing and if I don't do it, are you saying people aren't going to get healed? Right? I mean, that, that seems like a reasonable conclusion. And here's the thing I want you to see. Let's set that aside for just one moment. And let's simply look at something that I think is really important for us to see is that that God invites us into his restorative purpose. Do you understand? Like, do we we believe that God needs us? Like, does, does God need me? Well, no. Like God doesn't need me. He doesn't need me to fix things. He's got it figured out. So this idea that I'm needed to make God complete is 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 not true. So so if that's true, then why in the world would God invite me into this? Because couldn't he just do it? But yet God invites us into it. Why? Because he loves us. Yeah, come on. He wants us to be a part of his plan. He wants us to be a part of ushering in his kingdom. He wants you to experience what it's like to lay hands on people and see them healed. See, he, he loves you enough to invite you into his divine rhythm and purpose for all of life. And I think that's pretty amazing that God, the creator of all things, says, hey, come on and help me. Come on, be a part of this. Why don't you believe? And, 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 and so what I'm trying to get you to see is let the healing be God's job. You worry about faith. You, you do the faith part. Because see, that's what God says. Matter of fact, the Bible says that you can't even please God without faith. So just start with faith. Just believe in faith. Trust the God that you say is good. And believe in faith that he can do amazing things and miraculous things and leave the healing to him. Don't worry about that. You, that's not your part to worry. That's not your part. That's not your concern. Your concern is to... To, to lead with faith and to believe in faith and to release your faith and not let anything or anyone convince you that God can't do it and that God isn't good. Acts ten thirty eight says it this way. I love this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went out doing what? Good. He went out doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In other words, Jesus was doing good because God is good. See, see, Jesus was sent by God to represent God to the world. When Jesus says that when you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I'm sorry, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> I that wrong. He says to his disciples, you see me and everything I'm doing? That now you're seeing the Father. And so he was just a, a, he was demonstrating the work of God to the world when he was doing good and healing people and loving people. And see, that's what Jesus was all about. See, Jesus, Jesus came into this world and was doing miracles and wonders and signs, which God did, which God did through him. God did through him in our midst. It's so important we see this. And so Jesus is good. Therefore, we know that God is good. And we have to stay true to that because what happens is if we stop believing that God is good, we actually start doing things that we shouldn't be doing. We might take responsibility things we shouldn't take responsibility. We might not pray the way that we're supposed to. We might find ourselves in a tragic, difficult situation and actually come to the conclusion that God is not good in the middle of all of it. And the danger is, going back to the message I preached last week, is that we allow our experience to determine who God really is. And that's where it becomes a danger. And that's where we stop reaching in faith and believing that God could do something great. And now, some of you have questions going through your head right now, and they're, they're spinning up in you. Text your questions. We're going to do our best to try and answer some of the questions that you're having. Because I don't want to leave you high and dry, because I know that this is some challenging stuff. But at the core of everything that I'm saying, here it is. I want our church to believe that God can heal people. I want our church to practice that in our prayers and in our activity. And friends, we've got to shake some things loose in our lives for that to get done. We have to shake off some doubt. We have to shake off some bad theology. We've got to shake off some stuff that somebody said. We've got to shake off some experiences that we've had in order to come once again to the purity of what God says in his heart. And let me read it to you in 3 John chapter 2. Listen to this. Beloved, that's God addressing you, beloved. Isn't that good? Beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. See, God wants that for you. Did you know that? Did you know that God wants that for you? And so may we believe again or maybe for the first time that God is good and that he sent his son to heal us and to make us whole. And then a few more things. In order to dominate disharmony, we have to believe Christ. We have to practice this, I should say. Christ's healing power can come to you when you use a po- when you are used as a point of contact or you use a point of contact. Now, what does that mean? Like there's some magical amulet out there? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is points of contact can be very useful. And so let me explain it to you. You have something, you have a need. You have something going on and you're like, I, I need prayer for something. So you come forward to be prayed for, right? And so someone maybe lays hands on you. That's a point of contact. And now there's nothing magical about that contact. There's nothing like, you know, nothing happening like in that way. But what's happening is it's creating a moment for you. It's, it's taking it from, it's create, it's taking it from kind of, it's out there to something very tangible. And so as I lay my hands on you, right, there's something tangible occurring. Now here's the point I'm getting at because there's, there's really nothing There's nothing about this, like me laying my hands on, that's somehow magical. But what's happening is it's giving you an opportunity to do something very important. It's very important. It's giving you an opportunity to do something very important. And so when I lay my hands on it, there's a point of contact and it gives you the opportunity to simply say this. Now, Lord, I believe. That's it. And in that moment of contact, in that moment of prayer, You are now confessing back to God what you actually believe. And you're standing in that moment on that reality. And you're allowing God to begin to do the work that whatever God is going to do. And you're simply saying back to God, God, I believe. I believe in you. I know you can do it. I trust you. And then you're leaving it in his hands. And that point of contact is so important because what I've found sometimes is when we're sick. And I don't know if you've ever had this where you you were sick and you didn't actually get prayer. Or you like, you know what I mean? you like, you did it on your own. You didn't ask for help. You didn't reach out. And, and I'm not saying that's, I'm just simply saying, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just go ahead and reach out? Call somebody, say, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you help me? Hey, can you, you know what I'm getting at? When the Bible says, go before the elders of the church and be anointed with oil so that healing can come into your life, why not do that? Like, and you're like, and I'm like, I'm saying for like sickness, like you get a cold, do that. Why, why? Why suffer any more than we have to in Jesus name? I hate these colds. Who likes colds? Anybody like colds? No, we can't even fix these colds. They're just everywhere. Why not get prayed for? Why not believe that God could heal you of that cold? Seems reasonable to me if you're a person of faith, doesn't it? The faith you have is enough. Listen, the faith you have is enough to change your reality. The Bible says you're given a measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith. And so you have enough in you to change the reality that you're currently experiencing. Matter of fact, I even believe you have enough in you to dominate someone else's reality, that you have enough in you to cast out disharmony in someone else's life and watch healing come. And, let, and so let me, let me ask this question again as, I, as I've rattled off some truth this morning. <laughs> do you believe it? Do, do you believe it? And if you do believe it, would you practice it? It's an interesting thought. Pastor, that's a great question. I'll take that home with me and put it in my pocket. Chew on it for later. It's so good. In order to dominate disharmony, we have this fifth thing that we need to do. And this is for Christ to heal you. It's not necessary for you to understand how he'll do it. Does that make sense? Sometimes we want to know the plan, don't we? We want to know how it's going to go down. And we get really frustrated with God when he doesn't tell us, don't we? We don't know the steps. We don't know how it's all gonna shake out. And so sometimes what happens is that we start to wanna be in the driver's seat. And the thing that we have to understand is that our job is to have faith. Our job is to pray. Our job is to leave the healing in God's hand. And it is true that sometimes the healing happens in this world and sometimes it happens in the next. Ultimately, we know that this is true, but we have to understand that Christ is the one that brings it, not me. Listen to this in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. If you can believe, the Bible says, just believe. He doesn't say, you do the healing. It says, just believe. Leave it to God. Leave the how to God. I had a professor that used to always say, "The, the answer to the how question is the Holy Spirit. Because I, I don't know how. I don't, several months ago, I don't know how God healed my sister-in-law. I don't know how that worked. All I know is that she's here. She's here. And so I prayed and I asked God and I sought the Lord and I believed in faith. And I let God worry about the, everything else. I let him do what he does. Because I can tell you, I could do nothing to save her life. So Jesus says to us, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. And so I keep asking you, do you believe? Do you believe at such a level that you're willing to do it? Do you believe at such a level that you're willing to put yourself aside and begin to pray over people to be healed? Are you Are you willing? Are you willing to step out in faith and trust that God maybe, just maybe, can do exactly what he says he can do in his word? Come on, friends. See, believing always comes before seeing. Jesus taught us that we have to believe first. And isn't it true that we want to see the results before we do anything with it? We just do. We want to see, God, tell me what's at the end of this. And then maybe, just maybe, I'll give you my faith. Friends, that's not how it works. And he has no interest in it, none, none. And so believing always comes before seeing. Christ accepts this gift of faith and he does miraculous things. And so as I close, I just give you these two thoughts. And it's important that we remember these two thoughts. And you've heard me say it and you'll hear me say it again. I want you to believe, I want you to believe that God wants to heal. And I want you to pray, and I want you to pray that in such a way that people will get healed. Like I I want you to believe that God can heal and I want you to freely give healing out in your prayer. So what I'm asking you to do this week even Find somebody that needs prayer and pray for them to be healed. Can you believe that? Could you you step out in faith and trust God in that way? Because it really is that simple. Is can you believe that God wants to heal people and then can you step out? So it goes something like this. You're like, pastor, that's a big deal. I mean, you're asking me to do something really serious. I I know. But imagine you're in your cubicle at work. And your cubicle mate... (laughs) what we call them your cubicle person next to you says man I have a headache and and you say oh headache and you say hey this may seem a little weird but my pastor told me I had to do this could I pray for you Would would that be okay? Could I just pray for you to be healed of this headache? And then you just, and and I'll tell you this. I've been in some crazy places, okay? With some very, very crazy people before. Messed up environments and asked people if I could pray for them. And I'm telling you, 100% of the time, I've actually never had someone tell me no. Never. So that's a pretty good, you know, that's batting a thousand. And so my point is, is even if you get one no, that's a win. And so ask. And then when you do, just, it, it's just as simple as like, just be like, God, I know you love this person and I know you want to heal them. And so God, would you heal this person? I pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. That's it. That's all you got to do. And what I love is that Jesus is going to hear that prayer. Because he loves your faith. He loves that you're actually believing. And he's going to do something in that situation. I don't even know. Don't even worry about the healing part. And if your friend's like, well, I didn't get healed. say, just wait. You'll be all right. Just wait. Just trust the Lord. Because it could be that maybe God didn't want to heal her headache. Maybe in that moment he wants to heal her soul. And you just started a relationship that now can turn into something for eternity. By just simply being faithful. So believe, church. And then release that belief as you pray for people. And, 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 and so, so here's, I'll end with this quote and I'll be done. Listen, listen to this, so good. St. Augustine said this, he said, pray as though everything depends on God and work as though everything depends on you. See, that's the tension we live in. And you'll never resolve that tension this side of heaven. We are constantly living in a place where we are praying for God to do things and we are working as hard as we can to see those things come to pass. And we live in that tension until we are with God in eternity. And so may that be true of our church and may that be true of you. In Jesus' name, let's pray. God, I know that there are some people in this room that my words started to rattle some things loose. Experiences they've had, people they've known that haven't been healed, all of those things. And I just I just want to, for a moment father would you come into this room would you come into whatever space that somebody is like that's watching on their computer in a coffee shop somewhere wherever that is father would you enter that space right now and would you just simply draw close to any fear any doubt any unbelief I know that the experiences we go through in life are hard. Sometimes they're just brutal. But just for a moment, could you imagine that in your suffering, in your difficulty, as you cried out to the Lord, as you you reached for him, regardless of the answer, that, that he was with you? The Bible says that he has compassion on us. He doesn't pity us. He has compassion on us. And his compassion was at such a deep level that he was willing to send his son for you and for me. Like he loves you. And so in your suffering, he's still good. In in your difficulties, he's still good. He's a good father and he loves you. And so just for a moment, could you allow that to enter into you, into your spirit or your mind? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you, would you help healing occur in this area? That maybe, just maybe you'd believe again that he's good. He has a plan and a purpose. Father, would you heal any brokenness that's there? so that faith could rise and healing could come forth for them and for other people. We see so clearly in the Bible that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the Father sends His Son to save us. And the Gospel says that that Jesus died a brutal death Was taken off of that cross Placed in a tomb And three days later Was resurrected He beat sin He beat death And the Bible says That he will come again In final victory That is the gospel And what the word of God says Is that we are called By God To respond And you may respond In the positive Or you may respond in the negative But we're called to respond and my heart for you today is that you would receive the free gift that Jesus wants to bring into your life. And so what I'd like to do for just a moment with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so what I'm asking on the count of three, I'd love for you to simply raise up your hand as a statement of faith. It's, it's really like your confession of faith. That you would like to enter into this relationship with Jesus and, and I'd like to be able to lead you in a prayer for that and so church, nobody's looking around and, but I do want you to help me I, I'd love for you to pray with me and so if, if you would like to raise your hand in just a moment we're all going to pray together and so right now on the count of three whether you're whether you're online or whether you're here in person I'd love for you to take this opportunity to enter into a relationship with Jesus on the count of three: one, two three go ahead god bless you I see your hand god bless you good job you can go ahead and put your hands down anybody online as well if you raised your hand i want to pray for you as well and so church let's pray together i want to lead us in this prayer so just repeat these words with me and if you did raise your hand let this be your prayer put your faith in god today Say this prayer. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you be Lord of my life? I surrender to you today. Father, would you heal me? Change me from the inside out. I choose this day to follow you.